We often talk about populism and the danger it represents to our freedoms and in particular to media freedom. Today, in short, we look at the phenomenon of media capture inside the European Union. The Hungary of Viktor Orban has led the way, abusing the power of the state to co-opt the media market and corner independent news outlets. However, this phenomenon is not unique to Hungary. Indeed, the so-called Orban model is spreading throughout Central Europe. IPI Europe Advocacy Officer Jamie Weisman interviews Marius Dragomir, a renowned expert on the matter. My name is Javier Luque, and I welcome you to a new episode of Today in Short. At IPI's World Congress, I'm here with Marius Dragomir, Director of the Center for Media, Data and Society, and a leading expert on media capture within Europe. Marius, in a few words, what exactly is media capture and what does it look like in practice? Yes, in, um, um, in uh, practice, what media capture is, is a concerted uh, attack by, by people in power, by governments, and businesses associated with, uh, with uh, the people in power and the governments against the media. And just to, very useful to, uh, to understand where the media capture appears is to really understand its components. What, what does it consist of? And it consists of control of regulatory uh, uh, powers, regu the regulation in the country, media regulation, then this is being done by appointing people on the regulatory bodies. It means that you control and use public funding to control media, and this is done in various ways, state advertising and, and other ways as a, as a tool to control the media. It is being done, and this is the third component, by controlling the public service media in the country through various ways, but the most important are funding and appointment of the governing structures. And the fourth element, the most important and the most difficult to achieve is uh, takeover of private media companies in, in the country as much as, as possible, which is taking longer. It's a longer process. In, in some countries, it took more than a decade. And how have we seen this, this kind of model for controlling the press spread within the European Union in recent years? And, and what has the impact been? Well, we have seen it in, in a number of countries, um, in, in Central and Eastern Europe especially. Um, the, the textbook uh, example that is being given as a media capture is Hungary, where it was, um, where it was implemented and, and uh, has grown over more than 10 years. Uh, but then this model has been replicated and imported in other countries. Poland is the immediate example, but we see elements of capture across um, most of the Central and Eastern European countries. Uh, the impact on, on the media has been bad of course, um, and it is extremely bad because it happens in, um, in countries that are part of the European Union where uh, the, the media should be operating independently. And what kind of tools or strategies are there right now uh, to protect independent media from this kind of capture by political or business interests? And what can the European Union itself do? Well, this is a uh, you, you stress that, that the word what can be done now. Uh, that's a very important thing to say because uh, if you want to um, to fight media capture, there is one thing is to do it in its earlier phases, and this is when when you have to really push back to mobilize civil society against laws that affect media freedom and freedom of expression, and it is much more difficult to do it when when the the media capture as a phenomenon is more advanced as it is now in some European countries. When it is more advanced, the situation is quite. Difficult. It's, and in some countries, it's quite impossible. But there are various ways. One way is to 
for the, the remaining independent media outlets to attract independent funding, usually philanthropies. Another way is to, to try to uh, do what, what these oligarchs are doing, meaning to consolidate their power. Of course, not at that scale, but solidarity is important. So ways for these media outlets that are still independent, they should come together and find ways to, to actually uh, stay and, and survive on the market. Um, and um, of course, that always it's important to really look and identify the places that are not controlled by the governments. And here I'm talking about, you know, the, there is always a, a, a constant move in generations. Younger people uh, consume more media. So identifying the, the platforms that are not yet controlled by the government is, should always be on the focus of media outlets. What do you can do? That's, uh, uh, I think, on the one hand, um, uh, we uh, th there was a huge missed opportunity by the EU, and that was during the accession process when the media freedom issue had to, w should have been better articulated in the process of accession of these countries. It was not, and that was a, a big mistake and, and a, lost, a lost chance. Now it is more difficult, but I think now the only, the only way to actually affect these governments and stop them from capturing media outlets is through financial mechanisms. In other words, to connect the, the funding disbursements of the EU funds to these countries, to connect it and link it with some forms of rule of law uh, compliance. Thanks very much for speaking with us and uh, thanks for your work on this issue. That's all for today. You can find more episodes of Today in Short, The Press Freedom Files or our Turkish podcast Freedom Dialogues in our channel, IPI Press Freedom Podcasts. So don't forget to subscribe and activate the notifications so you receive an alert every time we published a new episode. That's it for today. As I said, thanks for tuning in.